This is Overcoming Performance Christianity, the podcast that leads you on a path to freedom in your walk with Christ. If you're a longtime Christian, but something's missing in your relationship with God, then you might be caught up in performing for the Lord. Find out more as we dive into this episode of Overcoming Performance Christianity. I'm John Fugler, on the road from performance to relationship in my walk with Christ. I'm taking you with me, helping you gain freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. This podcast does that. I'm a lifelong Christian media guy. I'm a husband, a father, grandfather of nine, and I'm also the CEO of Fresh Faith 24-7, where we lead you on a path to freedom in your walk with Christ. Check out my free trial at freshfaith247.com. Just go there, check it out. You can take it for a test drive, have all the experience of benefits and resources right there at freshfaith247.com. Are you ready to get to know Jesus? I remind you that Paul said, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That's a verse to commit to memory, Philippians 3.8. This is the podcast for high-performing Christians. And in this episode, my guest lets us take a look into his life and how he really gets to know Jesus. You're going to get a lot out of this conversation, and we'll meet him in a bit. A lot of people are taking my free self-assessment, a spiritual self-assessment. Have you done it yet? Uh, Wander over to my website, and you can find out how you're doing in your relationship with God. Uh, You may know that already. You may have an idea of how that relationship is going. We all seem to know, but this will get more specific for you. And I've developed this spiritual self-assessment. That'll give you some answers about the health of your relationship with Christ. It takes just three minutes to go through it and fill it out. And boy, it could be some revealing things for you. Include some probing questions after you fill it out that'll give you the honest truth about your relationship with Christ. So go ahead and take it. It's free when you go to my website at freshfaith247.com or you can click the link in the show notes. I'm looking ahead to June 7th already. (laughs) It's a big day for me. That's when my new book comes out, and I've been working on it for a couple years. Uh, The topic? Surprise! Uh, You'll get, yeah, yeah, you guessed it. It's escaping performance Christianity. (laughs) Yeah, pretty obvious, huh? Uh, You'll learn how to move from performance to relationship in your walk with God. And I know these podcasts deal with that, but you'll have it all in one place in my book. So mark the date, June 7th, and I'm going to have some audience participation opportunities before it comes out. That's all I'll say right now, but you you got to get involved with me, okay? Oh, and uh, in my main segment today, the focus is simple, and it is how to know Christ. You know, the theme here is knowing Christ throughout this podcast, but it's about the hows. Uh, When I tell friends that I want to help one million believers know the Christ of the cross. They're not really impressed. (laughs) I'm not trying to shock them with the number, but with the concept, knowing Christ. And I'm all worked up about it when I tell them. And they have glazed looks in their eyes. Oh, that's nice. Their face is saying to me, ah, that's nice. And they're probably thinking, well, every Christian knows Christ, don't they? Uh, Well, by now you understand what I explained to them. If you've listened to this podcast long enough, if you receive my uh, fresh bread emails, 
the devos. And it's this, that knowing Christ isn't a one and done deal. So I, I unpack it this way for him. I say, you came to know Christ when you came to faith in him. But it was just the beginning. You don't really know your best friend now like you when you first met. You've done life together for years. You've shared your hearts. You've lifted each other up. You've held each other accountable. You laughed together, cried together, counseled each other, and you've bonded in a special way. And knowing Christ is the starting point in your journey. And it is the journey. The starting point, and yet it is the whole journey. So try that with your Christian friends and you'll have a lively discussion. Knowing Christ was Paul's lifelong purpose. And that's why I uh, recite Philippians 3.8 at the beginning of every episode. Paul's lifelong purpose of knowing Christ didn't have an end. He pursued Jesus and knowing him all his life. So the question is how? If, if we're supposed to know Christ better and more intimately as each day or each week passes, the next question is that how? It's nice to have that lofty Paul goal of knowing Christ and the power of his resurrection, but how do we make it happen practically? First, let me say that Christ himself has a major part in this, and I need to get this out. I missed this, really, in my first draft of the book, and my editor called me on it and said, you know, this isn't a one-way uh, deal here. This is this is two-way. In fact, God has a bigger part than we do. So Christ himself has a major part in knowing Christ, and so does the Father and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit could be the most important person in the mix. Knowing Christ is, is like, just like living out our walk with God, is it's not about self-effort, okay? It's about faith. It's about grace, Christ living his life in and through us. And when we have the attitude that we should work as hard as we can to know Christ, we've really missed the point. It's not a doing thing. It's a being thing. Yeah, there, there are actions to take, but we can't get wrapped up in the actions. If we do, we'll miss Jesus altogether. And what's going to happen is we'll check off the actions one at a time, and we mistake them for, for actually knowing Christ. Knowing Christ has a, a facet which has nothing to do with us, nothing at all. It's true that when we have hardship or tragedy or we have trials, it'll cause our faith to reach a depth that's not possible in any, in any other way. You've, you've gone through that, I'm sure. It's a proving ground. Almost always hits us from the outside. Our heart has, is pained. We, we cling to Jesus because of that. We pray, we search the word for help and encouragement. We ask other believers to pray for us. We seek their counsel. Our eyes point away from the world and towards God. We're desperate. You know, there are some believers, and you may know them. Maybe you're one of them. Hardship always seems like it's there. It's always present. Uh, a friend of mine has lived in constant discord for as long as I've known him. After moving up the ladder in his career, he lost his job. He and his wife lived in the desert for many months. He took a low-level position in a totally unrelated field just to put food on the table. And still, they lost their home. They moved in with his wife's parents. And I'll tell you, it was humbling for him. Once God provided a job in his field again, health issues hit. 
He was laid up for days at a time. He had serious surgeries to try to solve the severe and lingering problems. And to this day, he still lives in pain. At the same time, their grown kids have had tragic difficulties. It's included substance abuse, marriage failures, attempts at suicide. And while my friend and his wife were reeling from their own earthquake, they stepped in to help calm the storms of their children and their lives keeps going on. It was a low season. Now he's gainfully employed, but there's still aftershocks from their kids' problems. The drama continues. And thankfully, I can say things are improving. And, and that's, that's good. And through it all, my, my friend and his wife, they've faithfully trusted God. In their secret, they know Christ. They know Christ. I've seen it. It's the only way they can endure this hardship. And not only endure it, but stay active in ministry in their church, in their family, in their workplace. Like Paul, they relentlessly know Christ. I think of brothers and sisters in third world countries. <laughs> they struggle to put food on the table, surrounded by disease. Some of them are persecuted for their faith, and life is hard. Yet they're often the most joyful Christians anywhere. They have nothing, but they have everything. Jesus. They've learned to know him and the power of the resurrection. But none of us wants to go from trial to trial constantly to get to know Jesus better. I mean, I don't. <laughs> Hopefully you don't. But in reality, most of life happens between trials, unless you're like my friend and his wife. But for most of us, life happens between trials. Trials are kind of the bookends. Then we go on to the next shelf, bookends of more trials. So the question really is, how can we know Jesus as deeply as if we we're in the middle of a hardship. Okay, think about that. How can we know Jesus as deeply as if we we're in the middle of hardship? That's the challenge. We need to keep knowing Jesus more deeply, even in the normal things of life. And I wanted to go ahead and share these three things with you, but um, we're kind of short on time. I want to get into our interview. So I, I decided I'll go ahead and... Uh, Pull these out, and next episode, I'm going to go into depth to share three keys in how to know Christ. How can we know Jesus as deeply in the ordinary times as if we're in the middle of a hardship? So that how question, I really want to give it a spotlight. I want to focus on it. I want to go deep into those, those three keys. So we'll get to that in the next episode. But it's time to go on to our featured interview, and it's actually a, a good time to break away from what I had to say to what my guest will have to say, because my conversation with this guest really brings home his experience of how to know Christ. And I wanted you to hear how this plays out in real life. Uh, Dan Lemberg and I served for nearly 20 years in Christian radio, and he's the kind of guy who listens to the Lord and then steps out in faith. And in this interview, I discovered some things I never knew about Dan. And it makes sense now. 
makes, makes sense how he had such great vision to reach so many people with the gospel. And you'll hear how he develops depth in his relationship with Jesus. A little bit more about Dan. Uh, he's the founder of Communing with God, a ministry he does on the side because he still has a business he runs. Uh, wait, I, he, he told me he just retired from that business. So he's been doing these and now he can focus even full time on the ministry. Communing with God that provides resources to help you grow in intimacy in your relationship with the Lord. We'll talk about that in the interview. He's also an author. His latest book has just come out. And maybe this is the first interview he's done on it. It's called There is a River, a seven-week guide to deepening your walk with God. And we talk about that book in our interview. Let's get to it with Dan Lemberg. We've spent a lot of time together. We've We've gone through the trenches, we've been on mountaintops, and we've been through valleys. Uh, and Dan Lemberg and I uh, worked for a ministry that launched a Christian radio station, in fact, a number of Christian radio stations on the California coast. And well, we felt pretty old after we were done with that, didn't we, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a long haul, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what ministry is all about. It was uh, it was neat to see what God uh, did through those stations and lives are, are touched. And, you know, you are the one who had the vision for the station way back uh, then. I'm not going to tell our listeners how long ago that was, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we were fresh out of high school. No. Um <laughs> But uh, so, Dan, welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, as we uh, as we look back and I think about when I first met you and you're, you're a quiet, unassuming guy, but your visions are big. And you had this vision to start a Christian radio station for the central coast of California. And I think that it would be great for our listeners to hear how that happens. We're going to talk about communing with God. And this is one of those those moments. So you got to tell that story. Well, uh, when I moved to the Central Coast, which is uh, San Luis Obispo area, uh, there were no Christian radio stations here at the time. And and um, I was driving into town one day to my job, and and I was complaining to God about that very thing. Why aren't there any Christian radio stations here, Lord? And he just spoke clearly into my spirit. And what he said was, why don't you do something about it? That's all he said. <laughs> <laughs> and so you jumped right up and, and did it, right? <laughs> well, I mold that over for about six months <laughs> and, and then started making some inquiries into how that might happen and, and found that there was a frequency available through the FC, uh, FCC, is that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, we could potentially get a good high power FM signal. And we applied for it and, um, you know, went from there. And I got to back you up a little bit because think about radio and, and all of that and ministry and you weren't a radio guy, were you? What were you doing at the time? No, I was a I'm real estate broker. Okay. And so that really ties into radio, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had enjoyed ra Christian radio and down in Southern California when I lived down there. So I think the point of this is you listen to God and he really laid it on your heart 
over a period of time. And, and, and then you went ahead and followed his leading and just obeyed him and walked into the unknown, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a step-by-step -step process. You know, I decide, well, I'll just walk through those doors as long as they're open. And if something closes, then so be it. But, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, happy to serve the Lord if he calls me to do it. If I'm wrong, then, you know, he'll let me know that too. Yeah. Freedom to fail. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so I think I met you a couple years after that uh, because you had the license, the permit at the time, and yes. I was in Christian radio. So you asked uh, my wife, Noonie and I to you and the board of directors of the nonprofit. That's another thing you had to do is start a nonprofit organization. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. Form a board. And, uh, and so had us come up there and, and we did ministry together for, oh, uh, 17, 18 years that, uh, that we did ministry mm -hmm. together. Yeah. And we saw God do some, some amazing things. And during that time, what really impressed me is how there were times when you would quietly make statements. We should do this, or we should do that. I feel like the Lord is leading us to do this or to do that. You know, expanding the ministry was, was one of them. And you're not a flamboyant person, but you have a quiet confidence in the Lord is what, what really hit me. And so tell me about this, because we're going to talk about our, our intimate relationship with the Lord and and communing with God, but how is is that relationship with the Lord for you? You you're you're a quiet person, and yet you connect with God really well, and then you're bold in your faith. Well, I think that uh, everything that uh, I try to do is connected with, um, or stems from, I should say, uh, spending time with the Lord. You know, this is, this is something that uh, I've been a Christian for over 50 years now, but um, ever since my infancy in my relationship with the Lord, I've tried to set aside time and sometimes that's been more fruitful than others, but, but uh, tried to consistently build relationship with him. Mm. And, um, you know, of course, I say build relationship. He's the one that builds the relationship. But um, we have to decide that we're going to pursue that. Hmm. And for you, what does that look like? Uh, you know, your time with the Lord, how does, that, how does that happen for you? Well, it happens the first thing I get up in the morning is, uh, well, right after brewing a cup of coffee, of course. <laughs> first things first. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just... Uh, you know, I've memorized some scripture. I try to recite a chapter of scripture in the morning. Uh, prayer, of course, uh, along with that. And uh, reading the word. And just spending that. Well, it's, it's been hour, hour and a half for me. Hmm. Not, not always, but, you know, I'm privileged to be able to take that amount of time. And, and um, enjoy it, really. I mean, it's, it's a privilege and an honor for me to spend time with the Lord. As you think about, uh, say, the last 50 years, I know our spiritual lives go in cycles, and uh, they go uh, the, the ups and downs, and, and and yet you're talking about 
this whole thing of intimacy and your your time with the Lord, how has that had an impact on your life? I mean, what's the outflow of that? Being obedient to him and pursuing relationship and intimacy with him is just a framework for him blessing. We sit back and just marvel at what he's done. Hmm. Hmm. This uh, You have a website, a ministry called Communing with God, and the website is communingwithgod.org. Communing with God, that's, that's perfect. When you hear something like that, you know the type of thing you're going to expect when you get there. Tell us about the birth of communing with God. Well, we wanted to try to find a way to share, share the gospel. And some of that was connected with the radio station where we did some one minute radio spots and, and um, radio features. And our purpose statement is leading believers into a lifestyle of communing with God for the purpose of building greater intimacy with him. Our, our main focus is not leading people to the Lord, but once people are led to the Lord and surrender their lives to him, there's a whole life to be lived. Mm. And that's, that's what we want to um, share with people how that can be enhanced, that can grow, and ultimately, they can move into their own lifestyle and obedience to God and being used by him. It takes time, really. It takes time to be with him. Letting him speak, obviously speaking to him, which we're very good at. <laughs> but letting him speak back is, is a key element of all that. You know, we talk about having a quiet time. Yeah. You know, we sometimes we're not so quiet. We're doing the one, we're the ones speaking. I know what you mean. Yeah, I get right. to be that way. And uh, but the, we shouldn't have a one-sided conversation. And I know your your theme verse or passage is uh, from Ephesians three sixteen and nineteen, and uh, Apostle Paul's heartfelt prayer for every follower of Christ is this. I would just want to share this with our listeners that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. And so why did amen. you pick? Why did you? Yeah, amen. Amen to that. So why did you choose that passage as the as the core passage for your ministry? Well, years ago, um, the Lord just impressed me with the fact that Paul, uh, first of all, Paul's Paul's uh, the Lord's revelation to Paul is the basis for uh, the truth of the gospel, um, and when he was imprisoned in Rome. He wrote letters to the Ephesian church, the Philippian church, and the Colossian church. If you lay those letters side by side, you'll see how they all agree with one another, even point by point. And um, it, it starts 
with um, God revealing himself. That's what he wants to do. He wants to reveal himself to us. And he wants us to really kind of expect that from him. So it's not just about reading and gaining knowledge mm. about God. It's about revelation. That's what he wants to impart to us is this revelation about himself so that we come to know him in a dynamic and personal way. Well, you're hitting on something there that is really at the heart of Fresh Faith 24-7. And, um, you know, and, and our theme verse is, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my yeah. Lord, in Philippians mm-hmm. 3.8. Um, and it's and this passage here is is so so close to that. And I think that you hit on something here too, is he wants, he's revealing himself to us. God's revealing himself to us. It's not, we're not the ones who, you know, we're doing all we can to get to know Christ and to understand him, Right. but no, he went first. God went first and he's, he's opening up to us. We just have to listen and read. Yeah. He's all, he's always speaking and we're not always listening. Yeah. In fact, we rarely listen. So when we do, we can hear his heart and we can we can grow in that relationship that he's meant from the very beginning for, for us. Let me put you on the spot um, here. Okay. I mean, right. We can always edit this out, Dan, if it doesn't work out and the answer doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but I can ask you this. So in your time with the Lord in the mornings, how much time is spent talking and how much time is spent listening? I know you're reading the word, but as far as listening, what what would you say for you personally? Well, I think that there's all there's always a listening going on. In other words, when I'm when I'm reciting the word of God, this is something that's been buried in in my heart. You know, I, uh, I try to recite a chapter a day. And um, so when I'm reciting that, whether it be from Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Romans, the Psalms, Isaiah, whatever it is, it allows God to speak deeply to me during that time. So I am, in a way, listening in that I'm concentrating on what's being said you know, try not to just recite by rote, but to recite with the intent of hearing God mm. and what he's saying in those scriptures, because the word of God is very, very important. Mm. Oh, that, I love um, what you say there. That's, I, I've never really thought about it that way. You know, you're citing the word of God, but you're really listening. Yes. That's, yeah, that's, and you're letting the Holy Spirit work his right. supernatural work in your heart and mind and soul mm-hmm. oh that's good that's good um as we are as you have i want to let our listeners know that uh go to communingwithgod.org and there on the website one of the things you'll find are uh, these short features that dan has written right. and uh, you have uh, some folks who have actually recorded those for you and they're mm-hmm. well done. They've been on radio stations uh, across the country and even internationally. And and so I, I would 
encourage our listeners to go there. So, Dan, how many of you recorded or written that uh, have been recorded? 160 messages. Okay. 160. Yeah, that's good. So there's a, yeah. a good menu there to feed your souls with and uh, other resources at communingwithgod.org. The book that you just wrote, it's called uh, There is a River, a seven-week guide for deepening your walk with God. I love the way this is, is set up because you have a devotional in there for, say, each week. So week one, there's a devotional. It doesn't take that long to read. And then there are uh, reflection and even discussion questions for each day. So you could do this individually. You could do it as a small group. You could do it with your spouse. Yeah. Um, do it with a good friend. And and so it's it's a real, it goes into into more depth than maybe we would ordinarily would. The uh, the focus of this, what is kind of the the hook of this, is Ezekiel. Yeah. And that is really a, a thread throughout this book. Tell us more uh, about the book and how Ezekiel fits in there. Well. Um number of years ago, probably 15 years ago, I was uh, privileged to be able to preach the sermon in our church, and, and I used as the text Ezekiel 47, and kind of developed that in uh, view of, of uh, how it fits into our pursuit of God. So it's a real unique chapter, it talks about water it uh, talks about Ezekiel's vision of this temple that was a huge temple complex that was never to be built, uh, as I say in the book. But it, it's a, um, a reflection of a, a deep spiritual truth instead. So in this um, in this vision. The Lord is, or there's a man with a measuring rod, and he's measuring all the distances and so forth of this temple that is in this vision. And so he gets to one spot where um, water is flowing from a door of the temple uh, underneath the threshold of this door. And it becomes this river, and he and he's directed to uh, follow this man, whoever he was, this angel or um, whoever he might be, and into this into this river. And as uh, this river first reaches the ankles, it's very shallow. And I kind of take that to mean that this is a this is a point of entry where we are saved, where we surrender our lives to the Lord and uh, getting our feet wet, so to speak. Mm. And then the man leads on and he takes Ezekiel uh, into this river that uh, probably at this point looks like a pond up to knee length and and Ezekiel starts experiencing pressure on his uh, on his legs you know in other words hey this water is moving it's not stagnant and then up to the hips 
and then up to an area of his torso probably where the river was too deep, flowing too fast for him to even keep his balance. And, and the angel takes Ezekiel and he leads him back to the shore at that point. So the idea in my mind is that Ezekiel is give, being given a chance to swim in that river. It wasn't meant to be crossed, but it was meant to be swam in. And the reason I say that is there's such a picture of abundant life in that river that um, it could only mean that Ezekiel had an invitation. And like I say, not only an invitation to swim in that river, but a promise of what God has for the person who will um, follow him into the river mm. and, and reside there, not just take a dip, <laughs> but live in that river. More of an immersion. It's an immersion in that river. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so in this, during the seven weeks, you take us through this, um, this process that Ezekiel went through. That's right. Uh, verse by verse, the whole chapter. And it's, it's very clear what's going on about, about the life that's in that river. And not only that, but life that is uh, as a result of the river. In other words, he describes the fish in the river. He describes fishermen on the bank. He describes trees growing along the riverbank. And, um, you know, there's a lot of life to be experienced in all that. Um, the point I think uh, the vision is making is that the real life comes from being immersed in the river. Hmm. In other words, you can, you can, um, experience all the benefits of that river just by walking along the bank. Uh, you can fish in the river. You can enjoy the shade of the trees. You can uh, enjoy so many benefits. And that's what a lot of Christians do. They enjoy the benefits, mm -hmm. but they fail to uh, immerse themselves in the river. They uh, walk along the river. They even dip a toe or two into the river to um, test the temperature but are they brave enough to dive into that river where will i end up if i dive into that river i like that oh you, you paint a good picture there and i have not read the full chapter in ezekiel 47 so now you've got me i'm i'm, I'm gonna go back and do that <laughs> um and I, I there's so many good questions you have in the book good discussion questions because you want the reader not just to read your devotional but that's a springboard to yeah. walking deeper in the river deeper discussion that's right yeah. yeah and so what is your what is your hope that this book will do for a believer or i guess for couples a church i mean what's your vision for how this could have an impact <laughs> on for christ well as i as i experience um uh, people in the church and believers, I see a I see a kind of a superficiality. I kind of see a shallowness in the relationship mm -hmm. with the Lord. And my hope is that this will motivate people to go deeper with the Lord. You know, and if they do, the Lord can transform their lives in uh, amazing ways. 
just like our purpose statement here, we're trying to lead believers into a lifestyle of communing with God for the purpose of building greater intimacy with, with him. So, yeah, that's what I want to see happen. Uh, if, if, if I can motivate one person to develop their relationship with God to this degree, then, you know, I've done my job. <laughs> that's neat. And, and the Holy Spirit is, is working in, in hearts as they, as they read this. And I know that you're just a, a man who believes in being spirit led. Mm -hmm. And so the book, there is a river, a seven week guide for deepening your walk with God. And, and so listeners, seven weeks, that's not that long. We, we can do it. Right. Uh, and yeah. I'm sure you put it seven weeks so it could be manageable for just about anybody. Yeah, exactly. They're short chapters, but the, uh, the questions at the end of each chapter will really make you think. Brand new, just come out. And I, I'm sure you would love for people to, after they go through this or as they're going through with it, just to get, get a hold of you and let you know what it's doing in their life, what God's, what's happening in their life, the Holy Spirit's working. Yes. And they can always contact us uh, uh, through the, our Communion with God website. We okay. have uh, email contacts there. Excellent. Okay. And I'll, I'll link up uh, that also in the show notes too, for our listeners here. Well, Dan, uh, it's been a real joy talking with you and meeting up again, uh, reminiscing a little bit about uh, doing yeah. ministry for almost two decades together. And you've been doing it uh, ever since. And so have I, and, and yeah. joined us in ministry. For and now we're back ministry. together again here. Yeah. I that's know. Great. This is so good. This is so good. Take care. Okay. Thank you, John. I thought I spent a lot of time with the Lord every day, but now I'm challenged by Dan's morning habit of quiet time. And we all should be. So, hey, I would encourage you to pick up Dan's new book. And I love the idea that you work through it in seven weeks. Let it sink in. Uh, you've heard how Dan develops intimacy with Jesus, how he gets to know him. And in our next episode, I'll, I'll continue on this theme of how to know Christ, and I'll share those three foundations of how to know Jesus. And that's coming up next episode. If you want your life to be vibrant, if you want a consistent walk of faith, then I want to help you. Fresh Faith 24-7 is open. It's ready for you to take it for a test drive. A free trial that'll get you inside, and you'll be able to experience all the great benefits. Now, one of those benefits that I've, I've set up, which is really the first thing I have people do when they get inside Fresh Faith 24-7 is to start the Freedom Path Training. This is absolutely life-changing. Freedom Path Training. It's a series of videos that I did, and it also comes with a playbook, a workbook. So you can follow along, you can take notes, and really go at this in a real serious and deep way. This is really focused on those who want to know Christ more intimately. Not just the Freedom Path training, but the entire Fresh Faith 24-7 membership. So if that's you, then I created Fresh Faith 24-7 for you. So if you want change, if you want to change, have life change, then... This is waiting for you. There is four modules of the Freedom Path training. There are devotionals inside video. 
audio, and you can go take a look and see it at freshfaith247.com, freshfaith247.com. As I said, next episode, we're going to continue our conversation because this is really important on how to know Jesus, how three anchors or three ways that you can uh, take action on, on how to know Jesus more intimately. In the meantime, walk with Jesus, meet with Jesus, maybe even take a retreat with Jesus. Most of all, get to know Jesus. God bless you.